0: Hey friend, welcome to The Problem with Perfect. We are a cross-generational conversation that focuses on creating a meaningful, imperfect life through the lens of our mental, physical, emotional, and spiritual health.
1: Each week, we will share our own experiences as recovering perfectionists or use our journalistic training to interview expert guests. We promise to be transparent and real in that each episode will leave you uplifted, encouraged, and believing you are enough.
0: So pull up a chair and have a seat. There's always a place for you at our table.
1: Welcome back to another episode of The Problem with Perfect. Hey, Robin. Hey,
0: Rachel. Do you hear this lull in my voice? Yeah. Are you getting sick or something? What? No, it's just a little tinge of sadness because I had so (gasps) much fun that I got to podcast live with you last week. And, you know, it's kind of one of those things like we don't get to do it that often. And then when we do, it reminds me of how fun it is to do it together. So, but having said that, I'm glad that we still get to podcast virtually. So it's good to see you, even if it's on this little screen. Yeah, it is always good to
1: see you too. But I know you've had quite the busy last few weeks celebrating Madison Mm -hmm. and some of the fun things that she gets to do as a bride. So do you want to tell our listeners about it?
0: Yeah, so this weekend, Kyle's uh, family uh, hosted a shower in Kansas City. So that was the second shower. So we had one in Columbia a couple weeks ago, and now the one in Kansas City. So I think they are fully showered with love and generosity and just just such a special, special time. So it's been uh, really cool experiencing that with her. And then, you know, it's hard to believe, but we're like kind of on the countdown I know. Um, I was going to say, how many more days? It's not that yeah. much longer. Yeah. I just want to say somewhere like 45.
1: Wow. So do you have anything left to do or is it all pretty much done?
0: <laughs> You're funny. <laughs> uh, so there's just some things that you can only do, you know, close, which is the time. So some of those things are, are still in the works, but like tonight Maddie and I have uh, a work night. So For those of you guys who don't know, Maddie is finishing up her nurse practitioner degree. And so she's been spending the last several months in Columbia with us during the week doing her clinicals at a clinic here. And so she wraps that up this week. And so are you sad? I'm sad, but happy because it's just, it's just time, you know, it's like, go back, live your life. And what a blessing that Tom and I got to have this little season with her before she like officially becomes somebody else's. So really special time. But, but tonight we're uh, washing and packing and organizing all the decorations that are going to Florida. So
1: God, how does that work where you have to just send everything ahead of time? Are you, you like,
0: I mm. don't is it going over the
1: airplane? Are you UPSing uh, it? What's happening?
0: No, it's going to go in my car. So, oh, are you going to drive it? Yes. Tom and I are driving. God. And then Matt is actually driving and then some other friends of our are driving. So we have three vehicles to fit everything in. So we'll be fine.
1: That is crazy. So destination wedding, I just assumed you would get all of the decorations and things like that there, but you are taking them with you all the way to Florida.
0: Yes. And I'm sure that there are people there that would be like, you should have just rented those in Florida and been done with it. And, you know, maybe I should have, but here's the deal. We're also having the Kansas city reception in June. And so it's like, I'm using them twice, which makes me feel like, Oh, look, what a value. I get to, I get to use them twice. I get that.
1: You don't want to have to run it out twice.
0: Right. Right. So, and it's going to be fine. Tom and I are going to leave here, drive halfway one day and then drive the next, but yeah. So just really busy. So Rachel, I have to tell you, I have been so excited about the feedback from last week's episode about the death calendar or the life calendar, living your life with the end in mind. It's been so exciting and so fun to, to see the feedback. And so thanks to everyone who's reached out to us. Thanks again to Darren for doing that. And I just want to shamelessly ask people, you wouldn't mind if you really enjoy the episodes thanks for sharing them that's great share them with a friend but also if you take a minute to write a review that really helps us and helps more people find the podcast so I know that uh, just seems like lately we've had some really cool podcasts challenging me Mm -hmm. and and maybe you I think you too as well like uh, to just rethink some simple things about how we're living so well I'm curious what did people resonate with the most uh, the whole idea, like, and probably it's more people my age, this idea that, you know, we need to be planning however many years we have left. We need to be planning those. And if there's things that we want to accomplish in this life, first of all, should, we should know what they are and we should have a plan for how and when we're going to get them done. And, yeah. Yeah. And I've had several girlfriends reach out saying, we're going on vacation. We're doing it. <laughs>
1: Hey, That's awesome. Good for Darren for just uh, inspiring everyone to take a vacation.
0: Yeah, exactly. I love that. (laughs) Yeah. So, and I think that this episode today uh, is going to be short and sweet, but it's also, I think, going to be challenging because we're going to be talking about spring cleaning, but not spring cleaning like you think of, although I need to be doing that as well. Mm -hmm. Um, might be more like summer cleaning this year for me, yeah. but but it's more about the mental spring cleaning. What are some things in our head that we need to get rid of? We need to make room for better thoughts, new thoughts, thoughts that serve that serve us well, that serve us in a more meaningful way that help us achieve the things that we want to achieve. So that's what we're going to talk about today.
1: Yes, and I love this because when people think about organizing or spring cleaning, we're thinking about the physical things around us. How can mm-hmm. we make our life simpler, better, And typically our house, mm-hmm. but we aren't always thinking about what thoughts aren't serving us and how we can clean out some of the mental th- thoughts that we have and, mm-hmm. and just be have a cleaner, healthier mindset. So it may yeah. be simple, but sometimes the simple things that uh, we can do are the most life-changing. So uh, uh, we haven't told each other our <laughs> points. <laughs> and so I'm, I'm hoping we don't have the same points, but
0: <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, Tell us the first one. Yeah. Which is so funny because people are always like, Oh, how do you, how do you guys write your script? And I just chuckle. and am like,
1: yeah, there's never a script <laughs> there's
0: no script. Okay. So Rachel, um, I have to say, I love that visual of just making space, mental space, making mental space for good things that healthy things that serve us. Okay. So to do that, the first thing I would offer the first spring cleaning, a mental tip is to lose the labels. Okay. So
1: is that like the labels we put on ourselves? Okay. So
0: I think we do it for other people, and we do it for ourselves. So um, I was thinking about this, how when we label ourselves or other people, how that gets in the way, because then we sort of build this reality that could very well not be true. So for example, you might see someone out and about that they say or do something that gets your attention in a negative way. And I, I don't know about you, are there certain like kind of triggers that when you see people do something, you're like, Oh, that person is so blank. And that drives me crazy. Yeah. Just get a little judgy, a little judgy. Yeah. And I was thinking about like, so what are the labels that I put on other people that are judgy? So, which is kind of like probably some of my hot buttons when I see someone not be nice to someone else or not be nice to me in a conversation or someone that's waiting on me and they're curt, or waiting on someone else or they're the person being waited on. Like when people are rude, it really grates my nerves. Like I do not appreciate rude people. And once I think you're rude, I'm probably done with you. Like in that setting, like I, I just, in my mind, you're rude. And I'm only going to, I'm not going to invest in that conversation any further. Does that make sense? Yeah. But you
1: never know. You could be catching them on a bad day. One of the lessons that I remember most growing up from Bible school was in the fifth grade and the person was giving a lesson on anger and they're like, yeah, when someone cuts you off, when you're driving, you never know, maybe they're on their way to the hospital and somebody's <laughs> dying. And I for some reason has always stuck with me. <laughs>
0: Listen, I love it. So uh, if that happens, you just are able to give them grace still and say they might be on their way to the hospital. Yeah, I do think of that. To this day, I'm like, who oh, no, knows what's awesome. going on with them? <laughs> but I <laughs> do you're...
1: get that though, because then there's other times where I'm calling them an expletive from
0: yes <laughs> when they yeah. cut me off. <laughs> yeah. Because again, we label that behavior like, oh, that person's rude, or they're I know I see people do things and once I think someone's dishonest, it mm. it kind of builds this catechism between me and that person because I don't I don't align with that and so if I think you behave dishonestly like I'm probably gonna distance myself from you the other I judge people when I think they're I call them T times two and that's talkers times two the people that talk for me and for themselves right oh, okay that's okay good. so um, I I do find myself labeling other people to lose the labels to me means that like I challenging myself to stop doing that Mm -hmm. and and take a step towards someone. Like you said, maybe they're having a bad day. Maybe that woman just, or person needs just to talk, you know, finding that, taking a step towards that person instead of labeling them. But I think the real challenge for most of us comes with the labels that we give ourselves.
1: Oh yeah, definitely. Especially as women, Mm -hmm. it is crazy how much that happens.
0: So when we think of negative labels, Rachel, uh, are you willing, or do you have any negative labels that you struggle with? Well,
1: I could say myself and also the women I know that are in my life that I hear this a lot of like, I'm so stupid or mm-hmm. a lot of times it can be about physical appearance. Like I'm so fat or
0: mm-hmm.
1: I don't look good.
0: Things like that. I yeah. think a lot. Yeah. Well, um, <laughs> Yep. Yeah. And I think that when we talk about, does that serve you? How how does it help us to, to like fill our minds with those thoughts? And I'm here to tell you, I am the first to admit that I, I label myself and, and to be completely transparent, the two labels that I struggle with, that I give myself the most one is unattractive. You know, we were talking about Madison shower. We took all these pictures and it's so crappy when you're like, oh, I think I look pretty. And then you get the pictures back and you can't find one picture where you think that you look pretty. Has that ever happened to you? Yeah. And I think
1: we're also the most critical of ourselves, right? Mm-hmm. And yep. so it's hard when you get pictures, you look at other people and you're like, oh my gosh, they look amazing. But then when it comes mm-hmm. to yourself, you're the most critical.
0: Yeah. Yep. So I struggle with that, like unattractive. And the other thing that that I struggle with is I'm lazy.
1: Really? You are not ever lazy. You're so busy all the time, (laughs)
0: Uh, but I do. I think part of the reason I stay so busy is because I'm constantly telling myself I'm lazy. And so it doesn't serve me well. It doesn't allow me to rest. It doesn't allow me to appreciate the, the, the down times and the quiet times and telling myself I'm unattractive. is just a real joy sucker. So, well,
1: I also think just between, I know you and I are, we both take care of our physical appearance quite a bit. Like you're constantly working out, you keep up with the trends. I feel like you do a lot to enhance your physical appearance. So, mm-hmm. if you are constantly trying to look good physically, and then you see that picture and you're like, man, I did this, this, and this, like I do good. I get good. It comes back to that mm-hmm. mentality.
0: Yeah. And, and then it,
1: you see that picture and you're like, what, this still wasn't enough. Why don't I look how I
0: do in my mind? <laughs> right. Well, and you nailed it right there. Like the, the whole core of this, I'm not, I'm not enough. I'm not enough. And so recognizing when we give ourselves those labels, like, oh, I'm so stupid or I'm so whatever you fill in the blank realizing that that label labeling ourselves is just setting ourselves up for failure. And it's taking up mental capacity that could be better served by thinking about the things that we do love about ourselves and and the areas that God has really gifted us in. And even we can acknowledge the things that we don't love, but we don't have to label them and ruminate on them. So this, this is a challenge for me to lose the label, um, not just for myself, but for other people.
1: Yeah, well, that's really good, and I appreciate you sharing. And I don't think you're lazy, and I also think you're beautiful. So oh, not that my you. Really thank you is like you know yeah. no absolutely for that. I, but.
0: No, I so appreciate that, and I don't know what it is that we constantly need to hear those things, but um, I appreciate it, and it's helpful. So thank you for pouring into me. And on but, that note,
1: yeah, my point kind of went along with yours, which is not super surprising, but. I think one thing that I would say to spring clean that negative self-talk that you can have is if you have a, have a roommate, have a friend, have a spouse, have a family member, somebody who you're around quite a bit, you can make a pact with them and say, Mm -hmm. anytime one of us says something negative about ourselves, we have to say five things that we love about ourselves. I actually did this in college with my college roommates and it's like how people say, talk to yourself, like how you would talk to your best friend while well, mm-hmm. we were all living, all five of us as best friends in a house. And if we ever heard one of us say something mean when we were talking to ourselves, we'd say, no, that was bad. Like to say five things that you love about yourself right now. And we would make Mm -hmm. each other say that. And it just became kind of a house rule that if you said something bad about yourself, you better say five things to counteract it. And it just was great. And I would challenge any of our listeners who have someone in their life who they are with on a regular basis to do that because one, it just brings awareness to your self-talk. You might not even understand that you're having so much negative mm-hmm. self-talk until you are consciously trying to draw it out. And then just having your friends be, keep you accountable for it is one way that you're actually going to change the thinking or the way your brain is thinking. Mm.
0: So I am intrigued by this whole idea of with your roommate. So Did that condition you to not say negative things about yourself because it was so hard to think of five positive things? Um, no,
1: not for me in particular. I think I've always had a healthy (laughs) (laughs) self-esteem. I Even though I can still say the negative things about myself, I can easily name off things I also love, but it
0: is hard for some people to yeah. say five things nice about themselves. Yeah. Which would deter, that would deter me, you know, from if I knew I was going to have to, if I was going to be called on it and I'd have to reverse that and say five positive, that would, that would make me stop and think, I think it might change my habits, which would be great because, <laughs> you know, then hopefully if I'm not saying it, then I'm not thinking it kind of the reverse, but, um, and when you was saying that I was thinking about, um, someone that I know that works with kids and she told this this, um, 10 year old, we'll say, um, uh, she was working with her and she said, let's think of five things that you like about yourself. Like literally the, the, the girl could not think of one thing that she liked about herself. Oh, and it literally breaks my heart. And it's like, um. The practice of speaking positive things over ourselves is such an important thing. And and I don't exactly know how or why, except for that it is the condition of this broken world, right? Of the fallen world that we live in, that we are so much more likely to gravitate to the negative, whether it's the negative in someone else or the negative in ourselves. And no one has to teach us to do that.
1: Yeah, it's it's I, I think um, when I listen to psychologists talk about this, it's because we used to have that as a survival instinct as humans before we have like evolved emotionally and in, in our brains. And so even though we've evolved as humans, our brains are still wired to go toward the negative and to always be on defense mode. And so that's why our brains tend to go negative.
0: Mm hmm. Yeah. And it takes lots of work to undo that. Mm-hmm. Lots of work. So, very good. Okay. So I am. I think I'm going to adopt this, and I. That's the challenge I would say to all of our listeners is that um, maybe you don't feel like you can do all three of these things, but hopefully there's one of these things that you can take that you can hold on to, you can gravitate, and it can really be helpful. Mm-hmm. So
1: on that, so I note- know mine was kind of like an extension of yours.
0: So. But it was really a great practical application. And I love it because it it's, um, it's easy to say, stop labeling, you know, lose the labels. But, you know, yours is like, and if you don't, like, here's a practical way to help change that behavior. So like complimenting each other's point. That's right. That's right. And, you know, like we said, we don't script things because. We want it. We want this conversation to always be real and genuine. And so, you get what you get sometimes.
1: That's right. Well, what's your second point then?
0: All right, my second point and the third point overall for these mental spring cleaning tips is to forget the fortune telling.
1: Hmm. I love how all of yours have like a fun little. I don't, what's that called? Where it just alliteration.
0: Goes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I. Thank you, Rachel. Thank you very much. I, I, I did do that on
1: purpose. I know, so. I love it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, so fortune telling, as we all know, is where we predict the worst possible outcome. Oh, this is a good one. In any situation. So ah. we just in our minds, it's like we can just in a matter of seconds, see things unfold. And it's always unfolds in the worst possible outcome. It's calamity. Um, it's, it's all going to go to heck. And so when we do that and psychologists would say, when we do that, we get that. Mm -hmm. So we get what we expect. So you go into a conversation, like you manage people now, Rachel, right? Mm -hmm. So you have something, uh, that you need to discuss with an employee, with a coworker and in your mind, you're like, oh, this isn't going to go well. And so we go into it. You've already played it out in your mind you've, uh, you've created the little fortune like, Oh, I've shaken my little eight ball. I know how this is going to look. And that impacts your non-verbals, especially your non but also your verbal communication that you bring to the table in that situation. So expecting it to go bad, it goes bad.
1: That's so interesting, but I could see how that is true that you just already have this expectation in your head. And so even how you respond to the situation, like let's say you think it's going to be terrible. If they start responding a little more positive, the way you could process that information is, oh, this is still going terrible.
0: Exactly. It's like, you don't even hear the other person because in your mind, you've already written the narrative. Mm -hmm.
1: Oh, and I think that can impact every area of our lives, but It is a good one. I'm glad you brought this up because I know it's something that I struggle with of just thinking through worst case scenarios or getting myself all worked up over hypothetical situations where I don't really have all of the answers and it can really impact my life. Like I get a lot of anxiety from this type of thinking. So it's sure. definitely one that I'm working on because I don't want to have that, uh, narrative in my head. And I had something happen this past weekend where something kind of triggered this anxious, like thinking and my anxiety. And it was really hard because I felt the consequences of that thinking. I was really feeling it in my body, feeling like super yeah. anxious, overwhelmed, angry, uh, And I just took a second. I got in the car because I had to go to a birthday brunch right Mm -hmm. after this event happened. And it was a 22-minute car ride. And the entire 22 minutes, I just listed off as many things as I could think of that I was grateful for Mm -hmm. for the full 22 minutes and would not stop. And it was amazing how it completely changed my mentality Mm. of just doing those 22 minutes of saying as many things as I could think of that I was grateful for.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I love that. And I applaud you for that because sometimes let's be honest, we like to sit in that messiness and we like to sit in that. Oh, I've been wronged. I'm the victim. People are rude. They don't care about, me. you know, you, whatever it sounds like in our head. Sometimes we want, we just sit in that as opposed to reaching for gratitude. And, you know, I probably said it before that I think gratitude is the best antidote to grumpiness. Yeah, it really is. Yeah. And it, and we fill in, we fill in the blanks. We uh, fortune tell. And typically when we don't have all the answers, we fill in the blanks because we need this complete narrative Mm
1: -hmm.
0: in our heads. Um, and oftentimes when we do that, yeah, we, we take it to a place that isn't real. Uh, we then also sometimes don't expect the best in people. And again, we catastrophize. so, So, um, but Once again, I gave the point, but I think you kind of even came in the back end and gave like, and if you do this tag team, (laughs) yeah, here's a great, uh, here's a great way for 22 minutes. You just sat with what you were grateful for. So
1: Or however long you have, if you have five minutes, but if you find yourself ruminating, because one of the things that's been so impactful to me from one of our guests is when Nick Wignall, who's a psychologist, was talking about how a lot Mm -hmm. of times we ruminate on worst case scenario because we're trying to control it. Mm -hmm. I just think that's really powerful. And that can be why we have this fortune telling tendencies or trying to think through worst case scenarios, because it's a way to feel like we have that narrative. It's a way to feel like we are in control. And that may make us feel better in the moment because we are trying to think through how we can control worst case scenario, Mm -hmm. but overall it's not helpful and it's just going to train our brain to keep being negative. So if you can replace that with the gratitude, then you are reminded of all the blessings that you have in your life and you can try and make more neural pathways for the positive
0: thinking. Exactly. And I am convinced that that is contagious you know yeah. even when you have some a difficult conversation to have somebody with somebody even if you go into it with a positive attitude and and being this grateful however that comes out uh, it will find its way out if it's in your heart if it's in your mind it will be contagious and other people will see it and i think it will make even those uh, difficult conversations of if if necessary, it'll make even those those easier and better. So I love how uh, you brought that all together. <laughs> well, and this is another thing where,
1: as we said at the beginning of the episode, it's simple tips, but even if. Just take today after listening to this episode, take the next three days to try and think through and be conscious of the times where your neck, your brain goes negative, or you start mm-hmm. putting labels on things, or you start having that worst case thinking. And it might even be eye opening to you just to see how often your brain goes towards those things.
0: Yeah. hundred percent. If we can start to recognize that, I think we'll all be surprised. And then we can, you know, learn to do better and create more mental space free of the clutter of negativity that we all struggle with.
1: Yes. So if you love this episode, we'd love for you to share it with your friends. And as Robin said earlier, if you could give us a review on iTunes, that's always helpful to our show, but we love you guys. And we hope that you think positive thoughts this
0: week and we'll see you next week. Hey friend, thanks for listening to the podcast. We're honored that you're sharing your day with us.
1: Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. That way you get a notification when new episodes are released. And hey, we'd love for you to share this podcast with your friends and family. So make sure you do that.
0: And remember, whatever you're going through, there's always enough grace for you today. So be sure to give it to yourself.